Now, everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. To everything old is new again. Those are familiar, familiar theme songs, I think, to all of us with the uh, July 31st release of the sixth Mission Impossible movie starring Tom Cruise and the reboot of The Man from Uncle, which was released on August 14th. The inevitable has happened. Our mission, should we decide to accept it, is to pit these two secret agent franchises against each other and find out who's the better secret agency IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, or Uncle. The United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. Dave Cohen joins me, the ever irascible David Cohen. Irascible? Yes. Okay. Viviani on Everything Old is New Again. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I, I think Mission Impossible way better, only because I've never seen Man from Uncle. That's my two cents. <laughs> well, we're going to educate you and anybody that's listening that hasn't uh, been privileged to see the Man from Uncle from the '60s or in the reruns. The preview and, looks pretty uh, good. Yeah, the movie. I hadn't. Movie. I have not seen the movie yet, but I did see the. But now for a while, yeah. you'll you'll eventually be uh, seeing that. I guess on uh, Saturday morning uh, uh, television when you wake up and see it on HBO or something. But uh, it's actually uh, a very good movie. And speaking of something that uh, is worthwhile, uh, we are happy to announce and privileged that WQMV, the home of the oldies in, um, in Humphreys County, uh, Tennessee, has joined the Everything Old is New Again network. It's the home of classic rock, and um, it's uh, located in services Waverly, Tennessee as well, which, believe it or not, was a stop along the stagecoach between Nashville and, and Memphis in the 17th, 19th century. I want to throw a little history in there. What I do don't believe it. I just You said believe it or not, I... You don't. find that really hard to believe. Do you believe this? They carry the Titans football, and they also carry, and we should say we carry now, uh, have live streaming coverage of, uh, of football uh, games from high schools. And the best thing is they've got a great uh, rock library, a classic rock library that they play all week long. So we're, I like that. we're happy to, uh, to be broadcasting there Very every happy. Saturday at 11 o'clock. And uh, speaking of Saturdays at 11 o'clock, that's when you'll be watching Man from Uncle when you uh, eventually get around to it. Or do you I think it was a- nine? You said nine. No, Is 11 o'clock. 11? Yeah, you give me a couple of more hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> are, you, are you interested in The Man from Uncle? I mean, I'm very interested. It. That's why I'm here today. I, I just showed up to find out about it, really. Uh, let's take a look and listen to how The Man from Uncle, uh, the show, starts and how the two people, which is Napoleon Solo and Iliad Kurakin, I can't pronounce his last name, it's basically the show of secret agents where there's a American okay. and an international force of, called Uncle American and a Russian working together in the 60s when the Cold War was around. I see. So there was some tension. So it was an American and a Russian working together? Yes. Interesting. And there was tension between them. And uh, let's listen and see how they they react to their first assignment. My name is Napoleon Solo. I'm an enforcement agent in Section 2 here. That's operations and enforcement. I am Ilya Kuryakin. I'm also an enforcement agent. Like my friend Napoleon, I go and I do whatever I am told to by our chief. 
Oh, yes. Alexander Waverley, in charge of this, our New York headquarters. It's from here that I send these young men on their various missions. It's uh, basically them introducing themselves to us. It's very reminiscent. I think if you if you watch the show, the hallways and the fact that there are two agents meeting up with the chief. Does it sound familiar? Uh, sounds like agents. Get Smart. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> it does have a little Get Smart to it. And of course, it came out before Get Smart. And I would suggest that Get Smart's um, really took off on this show. That's why Get Smart um, did the hallways and did a chief. They have this older chief chief gentleman anyway uh that's how they um interact with each other let's just take a listen and juxtapose that to mission impossible and, and how they usually get their assignments good morning mr phelps your mission should you choose to accept it is to get the document and bring anna kirkoska to safety as always should you or any member of your im force be caught or killed the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. you got to remember that. Then the music starts. Oh, sure. You're off to the races. Uh, since I mentioned them, before we get to that, although that just shows Mission Impossible very serious as well, Men's from, from Uncle, um, since you haven't seen the show, started very seriously and became more of a of a farce. Really? Uh, sort of like a Lost in Space started seriously and then sort of I became a I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, and, and Man from Uncle... Um, uh, was so incredibly, incredibly popular in the 60s, more popular than Mission Impossible, I would say, in the 60s. Um, and it spawned uh, Get Smart. Sounds like the Chaos Organization is back in action, Chief. Now, Max, it seems to me that... Just a minute, Chief. Isn't this top security? Yeah. Well, shouldn't we activate the cone of silence? The cone of silence? All right, Max. How much do you know about chaos? What did you say, sir? <laughs> chaos. What? <laughs> and there's, of course, the get smart. Of silence. We, we go back to our show on the best sitcom of all time. That was our winner of the 1970s, remember? That's right. 70s oh, I'm sorry, 60s. 1960s, yes. Well, if, if Man From U.N.C.L.E. did nothing else than spawn Get Smart, I, I like it already. Just for that reason. <laughs> I like it because this fellow, Robert Vaughn, who was on lots of stuff that you've seen afterwards in the 70s and 80s, uh, what a nice guy, what a very well- uh, spoken individual that explains this uh, man from Uncle to us pretty clearly. The premise was that uh, there was this organization called the United Network Command for Law Enforcement. That's what Uncle stood for. And uh, the people that worked for them were, I guess you could assume they were a combination of the CIA and the United Nations. There you go. So he's uh, bringing you a little bit more to it because this movie is that's out now is a throwback. They set it back in the 1970s. So it's sort of a reboot of The Man from Uncle. So they're not trying to modernize it, which is always a good thing. Yeah. And, they, and they're sticking with the original premise as just described. Right. Let's listen to Peter Graves. Just kind of give you uh, I know there's a lot of clips here, but I just want to catch you up on the TV shows and how they started. Peter Graves was in the original Mission Impossible. Wonderfully, it was a con game. Our job was to convince our opponents to do what we wanted them to, when we wanted them to, how we wanted them to, but make them think it was their idea. That's it in a nutshell. And that's, uh, the, we always love a scam, right? We always like like, like a sting, like the movie The Sting. Um, if you remember the Mission Impossible, do you remember sure, watching yes, it? Sure, yes, I do. And uh, it's a little different than the, the what's about the TV the shows TV show. now, both right. of these in the 60s. Totally different, I think, we'll get to it down the line, than Mission Impossible, the movies with Tom Cruise. I agree. Yeah. And it's, it was just so interesting. They would, they would have 
uh, these adventures where they really did manipulate heads of state and uh, and had some terrific uh, interaction with uh, w- with each other as a team. But also, uh, Martin Landau does describe what my father used to say to me all the time. You watch this show, you cannot get up. You've got to pay attention. Listen to what Martin Landau said. Bruce the Ball, who put the show on, a designate when we first went on the air, a conversation I had with her. She said, I don't I don't understand the show. And I said, well, do you watch it? I mean, do you go to the ladies' room or do you answer the phone? Or? She said, yeah, why? I said, you can't do that with the show. And so I said, you know, why don't you just watch one through without bouncing around the room and uh, about six months later she said to me i understand it now i said it's because you probably stay sick she says yeah (laughs) that's what my father said i want to just finish this segment for a moment with secret agent man be right back in a second there's a man who leads a life of danger now, that song has nothing to do with Mission Impossible or with uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E., but I, I had to throw that in there because that's the best secret agent song uh, of any of these TV shows, I think, including Mission Impossible in my world. Th- in my world. In your world. Oh my God, we haven't just, been there in a while. just appeared uh, out of nowhere. Um, what do you think, uh, song-wise? Do you think that's the best or is um, Mission Impossible better? You know, well, does Hawaii 5 No, that's more of a police thing, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I like the Secret Agent Man song, but but when you played the Man from Uncle theme at the top of the show, followed by Mission Impossible, those are very, very powerful, very cool songs. Now, I, I, I like them. Now, when you heard the Mission Impossible song just now, is that the first time you've heard it? Or is you it, mean Man from Uncle? The Man from Uncle, I'm sorry. Is that first time of, I've heard it in many, many years? I'd forgotten almost what it, it sounded kinda like. It kind of is distinctive. Very. Um, yeah. and it's, it, it relates like sort it. of this, this intrigue and this international uh, uh, secret agent kind of background. Which I want to hear it again. You do. You yeah. will in a few moments. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but before we get there, um, are you into secret agents? I mean, we're getting, I think, as a culture, getting back to secret agents. We had 24. We've got some other oh, secret agent shows on now. And now we've got these movies coming out. Um, you know, Mission Impossible and, and uh, of course, 007 is coming up down the line as well. It's always, a, it's always a great topic. Even the movie Spy that came out um, earlier in the summer. Um, with Melissa McCarthy, w- 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 which was a really funny movie. It was also a really good spy movie. So I- I'm, I'm all about Have that. they gone away and just coming back, or is, am I losing my perspective? I'm seeing that there's just a wave of them the last uh, two, three years. I think it's, I think it's coming back. Just yeah, like, I think there was a dearth of spy movies. Just like we'll be right back after this. There's a man who leads a life of danger. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Accent the welcome back. This is uh, Douglas Viviani with David Cohen on Everything Old is New Again. And we're talking about uh, a competition, if you will, this summer from the Man from Uncle movie 
and franchise versus Mission Impossible franchise. Just to give you a little idea, again, back in the TV days in the 60s, Man From U.N.C.L.E. started out in 1964 and lasted only four seasons. It hmm. spawned The Girl From U.N.C.L.E. and tons of toys and, and so the forth. The Girl From U.N.C.L.E.? Yeah, that was a, a show that, that they did... Um, uh, for one year. Uh, and Sounds like it, yeah. Didn't, didn't and then Mission Impossible started in 1966 and lasted seven seasons. Uh, so um, you, you've got a little longevity there on Mission Impossible, which, which you, again, haven't seen Man from Uncle, so I guess you're going to fall on the side of Mission Impossible as the, the best uh, secret agent of all time. Well, I, I defer to you on that one since you've seen both of them. Do you remember, though, uh, remember I Spy? Yes, I that. that was yes. pretty cool. Bill Cosby, right? Bill Cosby and uh, Robert Culp. Yeah, and they they did uh, great things with uh, race relations on that one as well. Yeah. I think that was uh, timely for that. And yeah, that was another that was another great show. But it didn't have I don't think did it have the the cachet of, of these shows. It had Bill Cosby, I guess that was yeah. a big draw. But. Yeah, and probably draw back now at this point. <laughs> right. So right. Uh, I don't know. Let's listen to Robert Vaughn discuss his character Napoleon Solo. Norman Felton told me why he cast me, but he said very often time, very oftentimes after a take was, they say cut, I would say something in a jocular or clever or cool or whatever way that would make the crew laugh. And he saw from that he saw I, he thought I could do a Sean Connery type of character. It was kind of tongue in cheek. Now, I'm sure, of course, Doctor No came out in I believe '62, so this show was two years or three years later. Clearly modeled after that as well. After Doctor No. After Doctor No and and, and you know Double O Seven and and, he, and who was it? so Napoleon Solo? Which character did he? play? Well, that the Napoleon Solo would be the James Bond, the the Sean Connery. He took the world by storm as far as Double uh, O Seven is concerned, and, and as far I as see. Secret Agents. So it's it was the grandfather of all. All of these, I okay. talked about 007, and then it spawned um, Man from Uncle, which got into uh, Get Smart. I see, and off to the races we are down all the way down to um, uh, to, to present day. We've got movies uh, on all three of those franchises. Uh, Peter Graves, if you remember him from uh, Airplane movie, is the pilot. Uh, he was very serious in this show, and he describes one. I remember the very first mission I did as we conquered the villains, I let the slightest smile just uh, crease one side of my face. The next day, Bruce Keller was down on the set saying, don't editorialize. How's that? <laughs> walk away. Do the deed. Walk away. Hmm. Okay, that's done. It's like a football player, you know, uh, back in, in the day that I used to love and enjoy football. These guys would, would just, Larry Zonka, whoever, would just score a touchdown and drop the football. That's right. it. And walk away. Now it's dances and uh, all kinds of machinations and take off the helmet and everything. This was Mission Impossible was old school boy all the way. It's fool these guys, change the culture of that entire country, let's say, that you you'd pull the sting on and get out. Don't celebrate. Right. <laughs> not just, even a smirk. Not right? even a smirk. It's so funny. Some of these producers, they really are down to him. He was laughing. Peter Graves was, right. noticed that. He was on the show seven years, right. and he noticed the first thing he did wrong was that little smirk, <laughs> you know, and he'll tell you about it. I mean, he's passed away now, but... Um, no celebrating in the end zone. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Speaking of celebrating, I got this toy. I have to die, go off the deep end here a little bit. An Agent Zero toy. It was influenced by Man from Uncle. It was a... Um, 
it looked like it was a radio, and you press a button, it turned into a rifle. I still have it at home. Here's the commercial for that. See if you could tell me who is the actor in this commercial. In the sinister world of counterespionage, I'm known as Agent Zero M. Interesting equipment in counterintelligence, like this portable radio. That's a tune they didn't expect. The new Zero M radio rifle. Looks like a radio, but touch this button. Rather we ran around the neighborhood like uh, lunatics with all these toys. And uh, was it? I, first of all, I don't know who the character yeah. was. Who was that? The, the he actor. later went on to to do a number of Disney movies, and after that, became an action star himself. Kurt Russell. Oh, wow. is that amazing? He that was back in 1964. He was probably about, I guess, what would you say, eight years old, ten years old, a wee lad. Yeah. So was that uh, was that toy from one of these shows? That was influenced by, influenced uh, by. Man from Uncle because Man from okay. Uncle had all these gadgets like 007 had, right. and this is they had they promoted that on the show. He had a special gun and so forth. Uh, so. For us kids back in the day, you would get this uh, Christmas morning or Hanukkah, whatever. You get this present, and it was a it looked like a it looked like a radio and a transistor radio back in the day, right? And that was uh, sounds like a transformer toy. Yes, you be- press a button, it turned into this gun. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, uh, of course, it was a cap gun, and we'd run. Around, every kid had these. They had big ones. Small every kid ones. except me, apparently. Oh, it was I don't it was that. yeah. Exactly. Well, you didn't follow the show. I guess you didn't ask for it. I didn't. Uh, no, you were no, probably sounds- more watching this. This is Smart. Maxwell Smart, Agent 86. Missed it by that much. The cone of silence. The case I assigned 99 to has to do with the Gore formula. But why is she in danger? What? Danger! Boom! What? Not what? Boom! What? That's Maxwell Smart, the control agent I told you about. Hey, who's that voice? Did you just hear that man's voice they threw in there? Who is that? That's Maxwell Smart. This I don't know. Major. Who is it? Leonard Nimoy himself. Wow. A little, little Star Trek reference for you. Just There's a Star Trek reference. The groundwork there. But, uh, uh, of course, you, that, was, that was something that you, you did watch. So, by uh, osmosis, you watched, like, the cracked version or the mad version. Those the mad magazine mad version. Mad magazine of, version of... Uh, okay. I got it now. Yep. Of Man From U.N.C.L.E. It was the same thing without the laughs, basically. Yeah. So, Man From U.N.C.L.E., I, I missed it by that much. <laughs> you would get a kick out of it. They both uh, started to go awry a little bit, these shows. And Peter Graves talks about uh, Mission Impossible and why it kind of lost its way a little bit in the... Uh, in the Once the young kids disapproved of the Vietnam War and so forth and thought we were meddling in places where we should not. And that scared the network. And they said, okay, next, uh, uh, we got to stop going to foreign countries and doing tricks on them. That's, we can't do that anymore. That's not nice. It was decreed that the next season we would only fight organized crime in the United States. And that's when I felt the scripts uh, started to lose some of their power. And by the way, that uh, is interesting because season four and five of Mission Impossible uh, which was filmed at the same location on Desilu Studios as Star Trek, stole after Star Trek was uh, canceled. The, immediately the next year, they stole the hottest property on television at the time, Mr. Spock, and had Leonard Nimoy act in uh, Mission Impossible, if you remember that. No, I don't. Yes. Who, who was he in he Mission was pa- Impossible? He, that's a great point, by the way, that you don't remember that. And that's why he didn't... I talk about this a little later on. We may get a little more time. But he um, wanted to be on that show. thought it was going to be a great show, but realized that he's in the setup. 
and then he's sort of in like at the end in the middle he his 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 what would you say his attribute as a member of the team was putting the masks on and imitating other people or taking the place of another person as like a doppelganger mm, right. so what we would do is they'd say okay Paris Leonard Nimoy you're going to be you know Johnny Jones uh, for this episode and they'd have the actor that played Johnny Jones uh, play that character so Leonard Nimoy just did like the beginning and the end oh so he didn't even actually imitate the actor he, he did he kind of fought he got a little upset about it so he started to you know they would put these prosthetic masks on and so forth and you'd see him take them off but the beginning premise was just just you know have the actor play and they'll look like you're, you're imitating this person perfectly so that was the role after Spock yes wow. for two years what a, what a two down years. downer that and was. he he thought he was going to love it and we, I'll talk I interviewed him about that later on I'll show you wow yes. uh, but uh, I don't know I, I think I, these two um Franchises are alive and well, and I. Think, which one do you like better? I have to say that Mission Impossible, the movies, which we'll talk about when we get back from okay. the uh, commercial break, um, are catching my fancy much more than the Man from Uncle movie. So we'll figure that out in a minute. Say, Charlie, why the arm in the sling? Yeah, I walked straight into that busted street sign in front of Frank's Automat. Well, you must have been really sore, Adam. You said it, pal. I said, say, what's a big idea making a fella trip out there? I was going to sock him right in a kisser. He's all wet. Why, you ought to sue him, Charlie. I have half a mind to do just that. But where am I going to get that kind of dough? Say, I know a fella just got me out of a big jam, and he didn't break the bank. You don't say. Yeah, the law office of Douglas Viviani. The law office? of Douglas Viviani? That's right. The law office of Douglas Viviani. Viviani. That's what I said. Viviani. He a straight shooter? He's a cat's meow. He's on the up and up? Doug's ace is with me. Is that so? He's a bee's bees. Well, that's just swell. You have his number? You can call him at 631-681-1910 or email him at vivianilaw.com. Wait, what, what was that last part? What, email? Yeah, what's email? Vivianilaw.com. Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show, Everything Old is New Again, with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. People always wanted to know how we did that. And uh, they said, geez, the tape self-destructs and the smoke comes out of the tape and everything. I said, that's because we didn't let you see that the prop man is down on the floor under the table with a tube and a cigarette. I shouldn't be telling secrets like that. (laughs) (laughs) As Peter Graves, we're listening to Everything Old is New Again. We're talking about Mission Impossible versus Man from Uncle, and he's giving us a little piece of the uh, look behind the scenes of the 60s TV show, The Mission Impossible, and their special effects. Right. That's when the tape was, you saw it self-destructed. And can we ever look at it the same way again? No. The guy underneath it blowing smoke through the... (laughs) No. Ruin ruin the image for me. (laughs) Totally different than the special effects now. Do they do that in the movie? I don't even remember. In the movie version, is there a tape that's well, see, this is my problem with the movie version the first one they did it and then remember it went awry and uh, it's the oh, whole right. spiel and right. now he's been on the run and now the, the you know it's it's not the formula of the tv show it's it, it, Tom Cruise took over. I don't know if he had an influence on it or not, but it's basically a, a, a vehicle for Tom for Cruise and Tom Cruise alone. Right. Vic right. Rames has been in every one as a little yep. side character, and every other person, I should say, Simon Pegg has been is in the new movie, and he was in the last two. There's five altogether. Um, other than those three people, there's never been a repeated person in any of these movies. Hmm. So it's not a team. 
It's I not, don't think I would no, say, right? It's definitely not. No. So, and, and it's, it's so, how could you do the formula of here's the tape and here's your assignment? And he, by the way, they used to, if you remember this, they used to have a, a folder and then they'd throw pictures of this person and that person right. and pick certain people out. Uh, so for, it started out, it, it, so I guess in, to summarize, it started out, you know, basically following the format of the TV show, but all the sequel since has just been, well, let's watch Tom Cruise, you know, be in an action movie, basically. Right. I mean, it's well done, yeah. but uh, it even started off with this whole thing where his organization turned against him and he had to run, you know, if you remember that, the, the Phelps character, the, the Peter Graves character, turned on Ethan uh, right. Hawke right, right off the bat. So they yeah. destroyed the franchise in terms of its old modus operandi right off the bat. And now we're at a, you know a situation where they've got gadgets and they've got a guy that runs around and shoots a gun and uh, you know he's kind of a secret like agent, a, but like a James Bond it. more than than the original Mission Impossible. Yes, yeah, so and let's listen to a little a, a little bit of the Rogue Nation, which is the new movie that's out. The syndicate is real, a rogue nation trained to do what we do. An anti-IMF. They're coming after us with everything they've got. You ready? This may very well be our last mission. Let's make it count. So what's the play? You want to bring down the syndicate? It's impossible. I mean, it's like the it's it, to me. It's like the Lone Ranger. And no matter what they do, it doesn't matter as long as they stop playing that song at the end. That I music mean, gets you excited. You want to go see it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely. In. Uh, but uh, you, you know, it's you, you heard that whole. Yeah, setup. it's like what is this boring script I'm listening to? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah, I gotta go see that. But now, all of a sudden, after all these four movies before, now there's a fifth movie where there is all of a sudden this team, and there's a rogue team, an opposite team, a counter team that's going to defeat Tom Cruise's okay, team. So that that so sounds a little more. We, like it. We're right? getting there. Let's see. What are they doing with uh, with Man from Uncle, the brand new movie? The show was hugely popular, whether it was in America, whether it was in Europe, whether it was in South America, where they still air it to this day. It, it, it has a large following, and there's a, a huge amount of people who are faithful to the show and very invested in what's going to happen. You have all of the things that made the show great originally combined with sort of like that Guy Ritchie, fresh, new, fun take. So I think everybody's going to be happy, hopefully. And if they're not, Warner Bros. will give them their money. There we go. There we go. There you go. So uh, <laughs> remember, that's a, a promise from Army Hammer, who plays um, plays Iliad Kurakin. So he plays the Russian, the Russian. spy. Okay. Correct. That's, of course, the failed Lone Ranger. He played Lone Ranger in the latest. Oh, thing. right. Right. And of course, right. you've got Superman, uh, Henry Cavill, can mm-hmm. pronounce his name, uh, as Napoleon Solo. The American guy. Correct. Okay. And then you've got Guy Ritchie, the uh, former husband of Madonna. I think that's what he's known for more <laughs> than directing movies. He directed Sherlock Holmes and, and uh, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. I, I don't think he can go wrong with that, those two uh, putting that together. But so, other than so that, he, what's he, he directed the, the current? He directed Man from Uncle. Okay. So I'm not really, to answer your question from last segment, I'm not really gung-ho on this. Um, uh, and I, I, I don't feel that the Man from Uncle movie is really going to capture America's fancy. Hmm. I think that... That, um, unfortunately, I think that the TV, if you're going to talk about TV show, to me, Man from Uncle wins over Mission Impossible. Um, and that's that's saying a lot. But when you get to the movies, even though I don't like the movies, I think Mission Impossible defeats uh, Man from Uncle uh, hands down. Okay. Where do Fair you stand enough. on that? Are you close? 
Well, uh, look, I have not seen either of the two movies Oh, so yet. you're a perfect person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Uh, but Let's ask Simon. Oh, God, yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, I, I'm intrigued. Now that I know about Man from U.N.C.L.E., I'm intrigued to go see the movie now. I, I hope I, that I wouldn't I'm wrong. Have before. I want it to be terrific. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, I want it to be great. Dude, those two, because as a kid, growing up, by the way, in the 60s, this is just my perspective, I couldn't go see James Bond, and you weren't seeing James Bond you know, on a, a v- video or anything like that. It was you know in the theaters you saw it once maybe and that was it right that's could, true. so so you had this superhero you know this secret agent come in napoleon solo come in which was a james bond type character to your home every week that was your guy more than sean connery so i just say you sure about that <laughs> we'll find out uh, first let's listen to simon Pegg. of course you know the thing about the mission impossible series is that it's had a different director each time and each one of those directors has had a singular vision and a way of making films so they feel very separate and i think chris what chris wanted to do and if you watch the film very carefully there'll be a little something from every of the films in there for you to spot you know to kind of like um acknowledge that the whole universe the audience have to have way into these movies when you're dealing with someone who's essentially like a superhero like Ethan Hunt you know you, you kind of need a way in and I think not just the comic relief Benji is that you know he's a, a more of an everyman he's more of a sort of regular Joe you know who finds himself in this incredible situation and for the audience it's a way in and being able to relate to it now, there's Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is in this franchise. He's in Star Trek as Scotty. Right. He wrote and was starred in Shaun of the Dead, and he's got a number of movies that he, he does himself cool. that way. He's wow. writing the new Star Trek movie. Really? Yes. So he's, uh, and, and we've heard from him back when we did a show on the Star Trek convention in Vegas last year that I visited, and you can hear that on the podcast at everythingoldisnewagain.biz if you missed it. So he's not just a Dr. Jim. <laughs> exactly. No, he's not just an engineer. Uh, he played Oh, Scotty. Scotty. I'm yes. sorry. I'm getting my character mixed up. <laughs> but he's trying to describe how Mission Impossible is trying to be faithful to all the movies. That's great. Right. What happened to the team? Tell me your experience of Mission Impossible. You, did you watch it as a kid? I did. And uh, didn't you love to see which team was going to be uh, doing what? And, 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 and I what? feel like you're leading the witness here. Didn't did you not think? <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, I thought it was. I liked it because it was a team approach. Definitely. But I can't say that I haven't enjoyed the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Right. Absolutely. Too, but, but it's no it's sort of like. Uh, let's say you were a fan of the Avengers. Right. And and you say, okay, well, the Avengers movies, they, they're no longer a team. It's, they didn't reverse, let's say. Now, now they're just doing a movie with the Hulk. And now they're just doing a movie with, you know, uh, Captain America. Um, those are still good, but it's not the team. No, I miss that. Yes. Yeah, right. I I'm, I'm th- feel the same way. So I'm disappointed. I'd like to see Mission Impossible after this one. And there'll be another movie because they're making some great uh, great money on this So thing. as long as Tom Cruise is alive. Well, this is the thing. Is, will Tom Cruise <laughs> share the screen with any? Anybody. Like, you know, like he wants to be the guy. There I was think, no one guy. And it's a matter of pride, I think, with him, too. He wants to keep playing this part till he's, you know, 75, 80 years old just to show he can do it. And he does a great job. I'm not even going to say I'm not, not putting him down, but, you know, you get some confidence in yourself that you could share the screen with other actors and put a team together and do the real Mission Impossible. Like this. Listen to this song. It's tremendous. Uh, of course, it's the movie version of the theme right. song to Mission Impossible. Well, didn't you two write something or record? I think they recorded 
Why is my voice getting so low? I think U2 was involved in one of the movies. I think they did a version of it. Uh, okay. The song it was really, really well it, done. It was well done. Did yes. it, go, it didn't go the way of, uh, I mean, it, it, it's something you've heard. I've never heard it. Uh, unless I'm completely wrong and confusing you two or confusing Mission Impossible or confusing a movie with a cartoon. I, I don't know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I think it point. might be Metallica did that. No, I thought it was you too. No? I'm pretty sure it's Metallica. Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have right. a, I I have a source that's telling me Googling. a little birdie. Yeah, Google that. You two did something. You two, <laughs> they, they did a song, you two. Our producer a producer of Mike just put songs. on the screen Metallica and, and, and um, exclamation right. point. So I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, that's All right. You could take the show the rest of the way, Doug. I'm just. Googling. Oh, you're on your. I'm Googling it now. Yeah. You're Go using ahead. the Google. Yeah. Okay. You're using our modern using day robot. The using the Google. Using the Google. <laughs> <laughs> we did a show on robots if you want to listen to that and if you've missed it uh, feel free to listen to that on everythingoldisnewagain.biz and again our website we would love to hear from you again it's everythingoldisnewagain.biz is a spot there where you can just click and talk to us send us an email and if you want to do an email, it's uh, oldnewagain at AOL.com. Oldnewagain at AOL.com. So after all is said and done, which wins as a franchise? Which is the best franchise, do you think? You two wrote the theme song for Mission Impossible. I'm looking at a Google site right now. Oh, I bet they you didn't Meta write the song, but they did, they did the theme. Uh, I bet you Metallica it. did something as well. I really will we'll resolve this. But, in a moment. Yeah, but Mission Impossible. <laughs> Answer your question. Okay, we'll be right back. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Space, the final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's the late, great Leonard Nimoy from Star Trek. And why do I bring that up now? Do you have any clue? Oh, because, well, we were making Star Trek references to Mission Impossible and Man from U.N.C.L.E. Yes, that's what I want to kind of focus on this section of the show. Yet, so, what, so what was he reading there? Because usually you heard William Shatner do that intro. Yes, that's uh, at the end of one of the movies. Uh, he Actually, that was on Next Generation. He did a, um, a voiceover. This is the introduction to the show. To the next uh, generation? You, you, you know, it's the introduction to the original show that Chatner usually reads. And right. Through right, the movies, right. they changed it and they, they let him, they had him read it. Oh, because point. I thought by the time the movies came around, they changed No Man to No One. They did. That's why I said that's Next Generation. He did that. He guest starred in The Next Generation or Two Parter and he, he did that. Yeah, okay. It's, right. I lost it's, you. But okay. Bottom line right. is, he did that. And the reason why he did that is because, or I produced that, is, is that he was the nexus between Man from Uncle and Star Trek. He was starred in both of those shows. And yes, in Mission Impossible, he, uh, not Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible, he was a star on that show. In fact, I don't know if you remember Martin Landau. Do you remember this character? Sure. He's, he's still around. He was won an Oscar, I think, isn't yes. he? He was Oscar nominated. Um, he originally. A little trivia here was the person that uh, what's his name Gene Ronberry wanted to play Spock. 
Really? Yes. Martin Landau. Yes, he was supposed to play Spock, oh, and Landau laughed at him. Said, "I'm not. I'm not interested at all." Really? I want to show emotion. He laughed at him. <laughs> <laughs> he went. <laughs> he gave a little chuckle. He said, "Oh man, thank you very much. I, I'm not interested." And then he got subsequently got the part on Mission Impossible. However. He left after, I think, two seasons, possibly three seasons. In season four, Nimoy came in and took basically the same character that could, you know, impersonate other people. Right. And we talked about that previously. So Nimoy took over this, basically the same character. Now I have a clip here that shows the different perspective from Martin Landau and how he experienced Mission Impossible to Leonard Nimoy's experience on that show. Older, younger, different dialects, you know, German, next week, Russian, or gangster, you know, hey, Charlie. So uh, it gave you a kind of field day as an actor. Mission Impossible was minimal dialogue, lots of visual explanation of the plot. And I, I admired it, and I thought it would be interesting to do all these various characters. Playing Spock had been all about my internal life, and I could and I could live with that and work with it. And, and as an actor, it was it was great material to deal with. I had none of that on mission. It was all superficial. Once I got the the dialect down right, and we got the makeup down right, it was done. It was over. Isn't that funny? Uh, hmm. he, he, well, what's his name? Uh, Martin Landau loved just doing those dialects and the different characters. And Nimoy's like, yeah, once I did a character, once I did a dialect, that was it. There was no emotion. There was no conflict. There was nothing for me to do. Right. Meanwhile, he played a character that had no emotion on Star Trek. So it's it's interesting. The, that, that the is, yeah, that's, acting juxtaposition. That, that is actually interesting, Doug. I I'm shocked. I'm glad you like that. I'm going to play three <laughs> clips now in a row. And I want to All see right. if you could recognize it. You know, once we're done, what's happening here? We'll try this one first. Ah, Mr. Yorenji, if uh, the government wants the support of the people of Kefero, I would suggest... Uh, Does that voice sound familiar? Eliminate Fox Sounds like Death. Fox dead. No, it sure is. And listen. No. The answer is not to get rid of him, but to get around him. Yes. That, ooh, listen to that music. That is Spock's dad and Spock himself, but they're not on Star Trek. Oh, they're on, they're on Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Listen to this next clip. You'll love this one. You're very clever, Excellency. No, you're stupid. I might, however, suggest that you send one of our agents to pay a nighttime visit to the Continental Exterminator Company to see what we can see. I do it myself, Excellency. Please don't. I prefer you send someone more intelligent. <laughs> Who is this one? Listen to his voice. If it be true that I do think there it's are Shatner. five good reasons why we should drink. Same episode you got from Hogan's Heroes, Verna Klemper, if you remember. Yeah. And he's talking to Nimoy uh, on the same episode as Nimoy's calling Nimoy names. And then on the other side is Shatner acting like a fool or a drunken fool in Man from Uncle. Wow. All right. Again, in the 60s. And finally, I just want to play you this one. Uh, I think we've heard a little of this one. It's really, really quick. I took care of that control agent. But he was meeting another agent who I recognized. Maxwell Smart. No, I never came across him. You never will. I'm going back to that bus station. Pick up his trail. And when the time is right, I'll kill him. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy on Get Smart. Yeah, so he they the Star Trek is permeating. You can see it did permeate all the '60s shows. You know, it's really weird because I have a surprise for you. Really? I yeah, on my own, I went and did a little research to see what those Star Trek 
slash Mission Impossible Men from Uncle crossovers were. And I figured, let me look at some actors, see if any actors other than the, the guys you mentioned, you know, the, the two biggies, uh, crossed over. Did, well, you, did did the, you did the Google? I did the Google. <laughs> so did you know that George Takai, you know, Mr. Sulu? Yes. Was a Mission Impossible team member? Interesting. Did not know that. Uh, how about that? And uh, let me just throw you out some other actor names. You probably know these guys. I know the characters they played, but I don't. I don't necessarily know okay. the actors. Mark Leonard. We just That's talked about that, him, yep. right? Uh, Michael Strong. Yes. John Colicos. Okay, he was a Klingon. Yep. Yes, he was a Klingon. Uh, Vic Tabak. Yes, from the piece of the action, he was a thug. And, <laughs> and Thought Trek. And who, he was in a sitcom real quick. Vic, Vic uh, the Diner. What was that one? Linda Lavin in The Diner? Exactly. What's it called? Alice. Alice, right? He was Mel. <laughs> Kiss my grits. Uh, Lawrence Montaigne. Okay. He was, he was a Vulcan. Yeah. Good. Uh, William Smithers. He, uh, he played Merrick. He was, uh, he was in the uh, episode where they went to Rome uh, or a planet that had a Roman uh, uh, type of society. Cool. William Wyndham. Yeah, he was uh, Captain Decker. He was the father That's of right. the captain that was in the Star Trek. If you know Captain Decker from the movie, the original motion picture, this fellow was, the character was on the original show and was the father of that character, if that makes I knew, sense. I knew you'd fill in some color for us on there. I just figured I'd come up with the names and uh, see how much you knew about them. I Very like good. that. Very right, good. There's a lot of meaning in Star Trek. Let's let, let, let Nimoy talk about that. That's why I like the it so series, much. The uh, series, while it was extremely good entertainment, I think at the same time offered food for thought. The messages are there, and and there are enough uh, ideas present for people to interpret them as they see fit. Professionally, Spock has been a great blessing. Emotionally, I think the character helped me as I think the character helped a lot of people. Spock was helpful as a role model, and he was for me. I think I became a much more balanced individual as a result of portraying Spock. Yeah, just, I, but I, we're talking about Mission Impossible, and now we're on. St- I knew this was a bad idea. I, I should not have. I should not have fed you those lines because <laughs> the whole show now is suddenly about Star Trek. I have steered the ships to Star Trek, and more specifically to Leonard Nimoy, who's passed away. And I wanted to take a few moments just to talk about like this gentleman. Uh, it was a very thoughtful individual. Think about what he did with this character, and he did help me learn about logic versus emotion. I know he didn't write the character, but he developed the character and he represented the character. And uh, it was something that brought uh, to my life a, a little color, a little understanding of sometimes people look at things logically, sometimes you look at it emotionally. There's a struggle between the two. Um, I also had an experience with him as an attorney. I'll try to make it quick. He wanted to do uh, a movie and I was looking for financing for him. I spoke to him a couple times. Really? He wanted to do a movie on Cheng and Ang, who were in the circus in the bottom oh, of the Siamese twins? Yes. He thought that was a very interesting topic. And never, unfortunately, I, I failed him. But every conversation I ever had with him, I had a few, were uh, professional, likable. How, how did you fail him? What happened? I wasn't able to get the financing, so we couldn't get the, the uh, Why? How did you hook done. up with him? This it's, is really weird. That's a very long story that will will continue uh, shortly. But let me just say that I wanted to tribute this gentleman with his uh, his favorite saying. Live long. And prosper. That would be what he would say to us. Uh, let's go out with a little of little music to celebrate. Let uh, a Nimoy will be right back. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there we go. Do you need to include me in the staff meetings more? Because you left the most interesting story of the whole hour to the last 10 seconds, and you won't go. There's no time to go into it. Well, we have time now. <laughs> you have 45 seconds. Yeah. Explain. Uh, uh, we'll do it another time. But <laughs> uh, Ask me a question. Maybe I can get what, what was so interesting. How did he, how, what, oh, I, how back did he in hook the day, up with yeah, you for back financing? In the, back in the day, I, I started a company that would uh, help get financing for Yeah, yeah I don't care about that. How but, did you? contacted me how but how did I was he find li- you listed as an ad in in uh in hollywood reporter and so he, he picked up so so leonard nimoy picks up the hollywood he reporter really thought i was look, legit he thought I was so like instead a re- of going really, to some people he knew in the industry for financing he finds you in some rag paper we'll, I, I'm we'll not be back it. next week to talk about more about secret agents and 007 right now <laughs> let's come out on high note. that is weird